Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello folks, you're all very welcome back to the not-so-regular-at-the-moment talk from the Terrace. Uh, we had Rennie on before the Bodo game, a Norwegian Celtic fan who filled us in on Bodo and uh, enlightened us really, gave us, uh, I suppose, a few home truths that we found out during during boat legs, um, especially the second leg, I thought, um, over there. I didn't think we, we put in much of a performance at all. But anyway, folks, if you're watching on... YouTube on the Celtic Fanzine TV. Please subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. I know some of our older viewers and listeners think the hill subscription it's money. Now you just click it there, it's free. Hit the alarm button, you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on audio, you're very welcome back. We're on the Celtic Soul podcast platform. You can get us on Spotify, Apple, Acast, or whatever your preferred platform is. And if you want to support us or sponsor a podcast, you can get all the information at CelticFanzine.com or you can email us at info at CelticFanzine.com and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And the new fanzine will be out this digital will be out this week, print will be out next week. It's going to be about a day or two late because of St. Patrick's Day. And we also have in Ireland a second bank holiday on Friday which is for the reopening after COVID lockdown. So we have no restrictions anymore really here. And I, it's getting a bit better in Glasgow as well because I was told in the airport that I won't need a mask in a week in Glasgow airport this morning. So I just want to welcome my guest today, a regular on the show, and we haven't spoken in a while, uh, Matt McGlone from the Alternative View, editor. And I know they have a new issue coming out because I've seen them whining and dining with Peter Grant on social media, yourself and young Declan looking very dapper with Mr. Grant, who always seems to look well. Still has that yep. 80s throwback look about him. Matt, you're very welcome <laughs> to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Andrew. Doing great. Uh, life's pretty decent, well, from what we can make of it. And uh, Celtic-wise, it's, uh, it's particularly good. So, uh, yeah, good. And how's the health, Matt? I health is good. Um, my sort of major health thing is fine. I've had this thing called um, uh, plantar fasciitis for about six weeks, which I don't know if you've ever had it. I can't it's, even uh, pronounce an, it. It's an injury you get in your foot. And uh, well, apparently athletes get it. <laughs> don't know why I've got it. Me it. <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor says uh, generally people do a lot of walking and running get it. But it's murder. I've had it for about six weeks. It's quite difficult to walk. But apart from that, no morning, just gone with it. Yeah, well, there's enough morning to be done by other people. Matt, um, I was in Dundee last night. We're recording this Tuesday. Hopefully go out Wednesday. Um, I was in Dundee last night. I thought we, we played well on, on, on the pitch. I thought Dundee United, Matt, were a little... I suppose if I was Dundee United, I'd be disappointed because they... They gave us a couple of good games this this season, um, but we we seem to be in control for most of the, most of the night, and it kind of backfired them not giving us the, the shed end because they although they had their ultras in the last night and you know if I was a Dundee United fan I'd want to be in there, but there was a lot a lot of empty seats at the start of the game, and there was even more empty seats by the end of it. Yeah, well, a couple of things there. Uh, on the fan issue, I mean, I'm quite old-fashioned and I just think that there should be as many fans as possible in a football ground. Um, for the home support and what is given to the away support. Quite easily last night, you know, like Livingston did, created a fantastic atmosphere. Um, they can just, you know, ask their fans politely if they don't mind moving for one game because... They might not like it, and I can understand a fan, you know, not being um, too happy at being moved. But they, they lost two and a half million pounds last year in their accounts. Um, so this is an opportunity to, to catch up on some of that. 
um, and it was £27 a ticket, you know, to get fans in there. I think you can squeeze, well, I don't know, what does the shed end hold? Probably about 1200 maybe, maybe a bit more than that. Well, it wasn't you full know, last night either. No, it wasn't. And uh, all the other parts of the Dundee United ground weren't full either. The, the big main stand that runs across the park and the one behind the opposite goal, that wasn't full. Um, so, you know, I just think that uh, I do understand why fans don't want to be moved. I get that totally. And you can't force somebody. But I think if you explain it to them, you know, that this is money and we badly need money because they, you know, as in them, because uh, two and a half million pound lost last year. If they did that this year, that's five million pound. I mean, we, as we know, clubs can't survive doing that. Um, on, on the park, I think Celtic stopped Dundee United creating anything. I think, you know, if you look at the first goal, you know, Celtic crowded around quite a lot of players just around the penalty box area. And Dundee United players marked all our players, apart from Cal McGregor. And, um, you know, what a nice goal. Just slaughtered away. Okay, it took a bit of a deflection. And, of course, when you watch the playback later on in the sports scene, <laughs> they don't have to remind, tell, don't have to like telling you and reminding you that there was two deflections in the game. But who cares? You know, the, the ball's getting in, so whether it would end or not, it doesn't really matter. That's football. You know, we've lost goals with deflections and bad decisions. So, you know, I think uh, Dundee United, I think they missed Tony Watt last night. They missed a target man. And uh, the Celtic, I felt, were immense. Um, if you were a Dundee United fan, you'd be thinking they'd put up a better show. But, you know, a lot of credit should be given to the way Ange sets his team up. It kind of stops other teams playing. And uh, I think we controlled the game from start to finish. And, you know, we're unlucky not to score more goals. Plus the goal that Maida scored should have been a goal. Um, Beaton, you know, John Beaton, there you go. What can we make of John Beaton? Disallowed a goal which within the rules was a goal. Well, it's not the first time Brother Beaton has been at the in controversy while refereeing any team from Glasgow. <laughs> I know it's just like you know you can get yourself tied up in knots about uh, refereeing decisions but I like Angie's approach he never discusses it, he never says right or wrong, he just goes with the flow and uh, you know that's that's to be admired fans of course can vent their frustrations a bit more but um, we've seen enough over the years I mean my entire lifetime of watching Celtic I've seen some unexplained decisions not talking about referees making mistakes. Talking about that doesn't make sense. You know why? Why make that kind of call? But uh, you know we're, we're a good team now, and um, as Ange says, we just focus. We don't let it uh, put us off the game, and that's important that the team don't lose concentration over a bad call. No point in sitting thinking about something that you can't alter. You now I'm a great believer in life, and that the only things you can alter in life are the things that you can alter and take control of yourself. You know, a decision against you in a football game, you can't take control of that. And, uh, you know, Celtic stayed focused on the job, got the job done. Yeah, professional professional job, all right, Matt. Matt, we know Jota last night, no bad. Um, but yeah. if, if you mentioned Livingston there and how they... they invited us in to, to pay for tickets and to fill the stadium and what a great... That was a great afternoon, great atmosphere. And it also gives some fans a chance who may not get the away games an opportunity to purchase an away ticket. So that, But Jota that day, I thought, was back to his best. And mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought James Forrest had a, had a brilliant game. And he's kind of been... I think Ange kind of... He, he went for a lot of the old guard that day. There was a lot of players there. You know, the five players that were there before he came in, the ones that, the ones that uh, survived as cull... They they all played and, and contributed a lot that day. So, you know, the, the, coming coming to the running, I asked Ange at one of the press conferences recently how important these players were that have been there before, and he said very important, a very important part of his plans and his and his, his, his thinking. So, you know, he had faith in them that day, and I think, I think the squad now is 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 ready mm. now. It's strong, and I think with each each week that passes. And each week he's getting time there because I think we've only won more midweek game uh, during the split. So like it's it's one game and then a week to prepare. 
Yeah, I felt last week was important that uh, Celtic had a proper opportunity to prepare. Uh, I spoke to a couple of Celtic players last week and they said you should never undermine the, the importance or underestimate the importance of um, having a free week. Um, because when you're playing midweek, you know, if you're not travelling, then you're, you're focused on another game and you, you don't get your focus on the weekend game until that game's out the way, which generally is the Friday morning. Celtic play Europe League Thursday night. The players get a day off on Friday. They're not back until Saturday. They could well be travelling on Saturday if it's Aberdeen, Inverness, you know, around there, um, Ross County. Um, so I think it was important. The, t- the team looked very fresh last night. I felt there was a wee bit of jadedness sort of creeping in, you know, prior to Livingston. Um, and only due to the, the amount of games that are played, you've you got to understand that. And as you know, I've always said I could have done without Europe this year um, because I didn't think we had with the team for it, which is which has been the case. And my number one focus, and I'm sure everybody's, is to league championship to get our title back. And I felt that Europe, you know, was a hindrance with a squad which was, you know, still to be built against Rangers. We had nine inch signs starting the game. And we had another three on the bench. Um, you know, last night we'd scored 101 goals prior to the game last night. And we had four players out who scored 49 of those goals. Jota, Abada, Turnbull and Kyogi. Now, to go into an important game at Tannadice, you know, with those sort of players missing, you know, that that's, doesn't matter how good a squad Celtic have got. And we've seen, you know, with a few injuries, how it can be weakened. Um, when, you, when, you, when you have a look at the bench, we've got several injuries. Um, but I think, you know, to, to play the way we played and to you know, to have a settled style of playing and an intensity um, with those four players out who have scored 49 of 101 goals up until last night, I think that says a lot. Yeah, it does. And as you say, the league is the important one, Matt. I think, it, I think it's the priority for everybody. But we've a massive we've a massive cup game coming up at Hamden and like we want to win it oh absolutely I mean you know I, I was talking about Europe you know because I've done without um, yeah I mean the treble is on why not um, too yeah, early to talk about that hmm? it's too early to talk about that man <laughs> no no I'm not actually talking about treble but you mentioned the cup so yeah. the, the cup is part of the treble uh, and I'm only mentioning it for that reason and that's a very important game against them at Hamden. Um, I, I don't have any fear, no fear whatsoever of playing them because I've, I've got great faith in the manager. I've got great faith in his psychology. I love the way he sets his team up. I love the way he speaks to the press. Uh, I love the way he just does things. And you think that with the attitude that we see on screen, you can imagine what it must be like in the dressing room when you're feeding off a guy like that who's so positive, so focused, so determined and uh, knows exactly what he wants. Um, and for me, is, you know, I, I can't think of an introduction you know, for such a long time, maybe back to Martin O'Neill times, an introduction as a Celtic manager making such a difference. And the way he deals with the press is, is so refreshing. I, I listened to <laughs> one of the press conferences, I think it was... I think it was the one before the Dundee United game, which I think was last Friday. And he was asked about Steve Clark having a friendly coming up for Scotland and, you know, his players, would, would, he, would he want them not to go because it was a friendly? And he said, no. He said, he said I hope all my players are called up. He, he said, I, I want, you know, it's the greatest honour you have when you retire. You know, there's two things you'll be asked. There won't be about how much money you earned. You'll be asked was, what did you win and did you play for your country? Mm. And like, the, I think the press were expecting a completely different answer where they could put a spin on it that he didn't want his players playing international football. You know, he was an international manager. I just loved that. Um, I, I just kind of had a little a little smirk when he said it, you know, because... Uh, no, no, you're right. The press were expecting a different answer. The press were expecting Ange to say... No, I'd rather have my players here and focus on Celtic. He didn't give them that headline. Yeah, he's too smart. He's miles ahead. He sees it coming, and he, you know, he answers it genuinely. As you say, the fact that he was an international manager, then he can see both sides of the fence, and uh, you know, 
Yeah, I, I, I think he's. I, I, I think the guy's fantastic. Yeah, he's. It, yeah, man, just I, I was talking to JP last night uh, on Monday night, and I didn't. And I never said to him, "What's the story on the uh, game of Oibrox? Are we taking tickets or are we not taking tickets?" Well. Um, Rangers had come out and they had made that statement. They they made the statement. Um, I suppose they wanted to be the, the sort of breakers of the news um, that both teams would be taking was eight or nine hundred tickets each. And then Celtic had come out and says that they made a couple of days later they came out and said Celtic made the decision on uh, how many tickets to take for home or how many fans they, they let in. Um, so it seems to be unclear at the minute. Um, you know, I think there obviously was talks because I don't think Rangers would have come out and said that, you know, had, had they not spoken to Celtic. They were obviously out of order coming out and speaking about it because, it, if anything, it should have been a joint statement. You know, you don't have one club announcing what's happening when it's the business of another club. You know, if they'd said something and we'd said something round about the same time, that's what they do on the websites. They release information, bang on a certain time. If a player's sold, you know, the selling team and the buying team will release a, you know, a simultaneous um, press release by by internet. Um, so that kind of thing could have been done. Rangers were very on side of the way they handled it. I think they wanted to be, all oh, we are deciding this. But at the end of the day, they don't decide it. They don't decide anything to do with Celtic. So uh, it still seems to be unclear. Celtic haven't made a statement yet as we speak as to whether they're taking tickets or not. So, yeah, so it's it's still up in the air because people were saying to me, like, if you get a ticket, you're going to go. And I'm going, well, I said, I, I don't think we're... Um going to get tickets I don't think we're taking tickets so yeah it's it's kind of there's a bit of it's it's very grey area let's just say at the moment I wish mm-hmm. I wish they would come out and say because mm-hmm. for the lucky ones who won't won't be many but there will be some tickets coming to Ireland you know the lads need to book flights or ferries or whatever uh, I, I wish yeah, they would come out and say look we're taking 900 or we're not taking 900 yeah, well, it's going to have to be soon, isn't it? Because it's two weeks away now. Yeah. We, played you know, them, we played them three times in four weeks, Ma. But then we mm-hmm. had also the... Well, we didn't have an announcement. We had the press saying that we're going to be playing Rangers in this friendly tournament in Australia. Celtic have come out and said they're playing the tournament in Australia. I haven't heard them saying that... The, you know, I haven't heard confirmation that we're playing Rangers, but the media seem to think it's a done deal. And I think behind closed doors, board members have, have, have told people that we will be playing them and it's worth a lot of money. Um, a strange one to want to be playing them in a friendly when there are arch rivals, um, especially when we are... Look, we can all do with more money, but we are in a much better position financially, so why would we want to help them? I don't understand it, to be honest with you. Um, Celtic can draw a crowd wherever they go. They don't have to play Rangers. You know, Celtic have played, you know, uh, friends against Benfica, you know, years ago in foreign lands. And uh, you know, Celtic can draw a crowd anywhere. Celtic have a huge support in Australia. Um, I, I don't understand it. It's obviously for money. Um, from Angie's point of view, you know, it's an opportunity for him to go home. Um, he he has said that uh, you know he's going to be very proud to, to lead Celtic back to Australia. Probably his first time going home. If he if he get manages to get a couple of weeks in the summer, I wouldn't imagine he would because it's a very um, short close season. Um, but yeah, it's it for money. Um, but when you think about it, and if you, I suppose if you're a Celtic fan living across there, I'm talking about us. If you're a Celtic fan li- living across there, uh, it's an opportunity to see Celtic playing. Now, whether you ask an Australian-based Celtic fan to want to see Celtic play Benfica, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they're friendly, or do they want to see them playing Rangers? They'd probably just say, you know, you know, any day. You know, just to see them. Or maybe somebody preferred not to play Rangers. Uh, I suppose there'll be a mixture there. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously for money. Playing them in a friendly, is it going to be a friendly? You know, it's, it's not going to be a friendly. Um, you know, plus, who's going to be playing? You know, this is in the middle of the World Cup. You know, Scotland have got a great chance of being there. Plus, we've got players in other countries. Um, 
who who will be there. So you wonder what kind of team's going to get put out. But the whole thing is, it's, to me, it's just showbiz. You know, it's, I, I don't like the taste of it. It's, it's showbiz. Then again, I don't live there. You know, if I lived there, I'd maybe want to see my team. You know, there's, the whole thing looks a bit untidy to me. Yeah, when I got the press release from Celtic's media department, I sent an email back asking a number of questions. Um, and I've had no reply. Uh, and I didn't expect a reply. But I, I, disappointed that they didn't say, look, we can't speak about this or we can't speak about that. But but so then I, I contacted um, some of the Australian-based fans in different clubs. They all want to see Celtic coming. Um. One one lad had told me that he knows that the playing Rangers does does months. He he's a businessman over there. He's done well for himself, and he seemed to know a, a lot more than anyone else. Then I spoke to one of the boys from the Sydney Supporters Club, and he said he's got mixed feelings. And it's not only because um, he said it's what you said, Matt. It's what players are they going to bring? Because like a lot of the players will be at World Cups, and if if players need a rest, they're not going to bring them to Australia. So, but I think the general consensus among the fans is, yeah, we want to see Celtic over here. We want to, you know, because mm-hmm. especially with COVID, because you know maybe they go home. I met one last night. I met one of the Sydney boys last night. He was at the match. It's the first time he's been home in a couple of years, and I'd met him in Thailand when we done the festival in Thailand, that was the last time I seen him when they had to leave on the Wednesday, I think it was, to get back into Australia or they would have been locked out. And um, so, but he, like, they're kind of saying, yeah, it's going to be great. But I don't think it's it's going to compare to them getting home to a game, like like a cup game like last night. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, kind of it's it's cabaret football, isn't it? Yeah, sure, that's what I said, it's showbiz. Um, you know, the fan over there does want to see his team. Uh, and, you know, whoever's running it is making money from, obviously, gate money. They're making money from having the, the team appear at certain functions and things. And it's, it's bound to be a pay-for-view. There's no doubt about that. It's probably, I would imagine, a pay-for-view. And, you know, you and I are sitting here talking about it, saying it's, you know, it's about insane, not really into it. But when, they get, when it comes around to the time and the game's on the telly and it's whatever to pay it, you know, you, you're going to say you're not going to watch it. You know, you just, you know, you got to take all these things into consideration. But uh, it's obviously for money. If there's, if there's an upside to this, and there is an upside because Ange is uh, going to feel very proud taking Celtic back to his home country. So that's an upside. There's no doubt about that. Uh, if there's another upside is that, you know, we're rumoured to be getting five, five and a half million and they're rumoured to be getting two and a half, three million for doing the same thing. So that, you know, that's quite funny. You know, <laughs> and it's been, it's been billed as Angie's homecoming tournament. <laughs> well, 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 well. They're, they're obviously spitting feathers. <laughs> well, uh, I have to say it has, um, it's, it's not, it's not very often that we are united with our neighbours, <laughs> but I think we're, most of them we're united on this one. It's a, it's a, it's a charade. But I saw a brilliant one on Facebook from Franny that runs the um, bus at Bar sixty seven to the European Games. Franny Mullen, and it just says uh, bus to Australia. <laughs> he says leaving after leaving Ross tomorrow. Again. <laughs> Leaving tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, bust to Australia, leaving after the Ross County game. <laughs> <Brilliant>. That's <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, well, you can always, always rely on the Celtic fans for humour, can't you? Yeah, well, look, it's just, and you know what, I kind of like, that's the difference between kind of Facebook and Twitter. You know, Franny put that on Facebook while on Twitter, everybody was going bananas. <laughs> I, well, no, um, I mean, I mean, they are obviously spitting feathers because, you know, they don't want it either. And the very fact that it's billed as Angie's homecoming tournament, you know, and, and nobody has denied that we seem to be getting the lion's share of the dosh, you know. <laughs> but anyway, before that, we've, we've, we've more, um, I'm glad we got a laugh here, but anyway, because... Uh, uh, we got um, a laugh here, yeah. But yeah, so we, we've Ross County this week, Matt, um... We've St. Johnson, you know, we've Oibrox, we've the split. Um, 
every game's going to be massive, and the, the 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 it's it's an enjoyable ride. Can you hear me? You're frozen there. Yeah, we're back. Back. We're, we're, we're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, just, I think, some a little bit of an internet problem there, but we're back. Yeah, I was just saying, like, Ross yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we've got, eight game, we've got eight games to go. It's a countdown. The old fashioned saying every game's a cup final. Two right it is. And, uh, you know, Celtic get into this game very confident, buoyant. Um, you know, the crowds are going to be right up for it. The, the, the crowd, the game was sold out, you know, obviously you and I season ticket holders, but, you know, for those buying a ticket for the game, it was sold out last week, um, you know, for against Ross County. So that just shows you the fever that is out there amongst the fans. Um, you know, I've often sat and thought, I've been on my own, sitting thinking, if we win this league, I mean, the adjuration towards Ange Postacoglu is just going to be unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, I had a bad dream last night, actually. <laughs> I had a, had a dream we were in a pub in Coatbridge, him and I, and there was another journalist there. And uh, Ange had said, um, right, guys, you guys are the first to know. He says, I'm, I'm going and I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> You know what dreams like? It's a bit scattered, but I remember sort of pleading with them, running after them. So I said, no, don't, don't, don't. I, I knew it was so full. <laughs> <laughs> Even the sore foot. I have to say, if you've listened to this, CCM just got plantar fasciitis in their heel. If you've had it and there's a cure that I don't know about, going to get in touch. Well, if anyone can spare it, we give them a free T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> if you get this cured I'll push you a free t-shirt right? of your choice <laughs> um, yeah but like it's uh, see, see the interest in Ireland like if I can if I can rewind back when Ronnie Dalia was there like you could get a ticket for any away game you could get you know there wasn't a demand like we were going over to away games you could count the people you were meeting on, on planes on, on one hand um, even like the like league games, we were we were struggling to um, like we were struggling to we kept our season books, but we were struggling to get our season books holders sometimes to use them. Do you know that kind of way? They just weren't travelling the way the way they were. And now, Matt, right? Like Livingston, I think we flew out of Edinburgh in and out of Edinburgh. Yeah, we did. Now you've also got the flights into Glasgow. The, the plane was like. No, the play. Hold on a minute, man. I'm just losing. Just losing. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, grand. So yeah, so the the plane was half full of Celtic fans. That was going to an away game. But the one that stuck out for me recently was the midweek game against St Mirren. Flew into Glasgow. The flight was the airport was full. The bar was full of Celtic fans. It was like going on a European. It was like a European night. A Champions League night, and it was St. Mirren in the league. That's the Ange factor. It was, yeah, well, yeah. well you see, that that's the fever pitch thing. You, you know, yourself, we sell to get through periods of history when things are flat, and then we get through periods of history, you know, when Martin came in the 6 2 game, and you know, when Brendan came in, he'd get some great results. And uh, now Ange, and in between we've had kind of periods of flatness. And then of course we, you know, we won the quadruple and the triple uh, treble under Lenny. So, you know, there, there has been highs there, obviously, great highs. Um, but right now there's, a, there's an excitement, there's an expectation, there's a build-up, there's a fever pitch attitude amongst fans. They don't want to miss anything. They feel part of the journey. They feel that we can, there's a real realistic hope here, you know, uh, without showing signs of bravado over it. It's a real realistic hope here that we can lift this title. You know, we've held on to the lead. I heard one of their ex-players mentioned a couple of weeks ago, you know, Celtic have only been top of the league for five minutes. Who cares? It's, you know, we started the season with, with, you know, hardly any players. 
and then you know we built on them as, as the season went on up to the first transfer window. Then we you know we got our acts together a bit better in the second transfer window. But with a new manager on his own and only having two transfer windows. The fact is we're ahead just now. We absolutely tanked them at Celtic Park. We absolutely tore them apart and they know that. And they're sort of thinking, wondering now, hmm, Celtic are back. So and we know how good we are. So everything to play for. And uh, I'm really excited. I can't wait till, till the next game comes along. Yeah, and, and it, it will be it will be Saturday and another full house. Um, Ross County. It, it's just... Um, it's just so heartening to see, Matt, because obviously, I, I know, and I know the COVID thing has played into it as well. People, you know, they had to wait so long to get back. Uh, and I'd say everyone has got back now that wants to get back, especially from these shows, maybe the ones overseas. But like, I felt sorry at Christmas, but Brock McFay came home at Christmas for a couple of games and it was when we went back into lockdown. He'd flown home to New York. He, 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 he was coming for three games I just felt sorry for Brock, you know. I just, but that's that's just the way the the way the cookie crumbled. There was no point in having like it was yeah. it was the right decision at the time um, because we all yeah. got back into watch football then. Mm-hmm. And like, what what would we be saying now if we had to miss that fantastic night in Celtic Park, three nil? Well, I mean that's one of those ones, isn't it? That lives with you forever. You know, there's I've got victories in my head. I'm older than you, and I've got victories in my head which go way back. And the game against them the last time is up there. You know, I sit with my family, and I remember saying to my daughter, and my two sons, you know, this is how I felt at half time in the six two game. You know, and that's twenty two years ago. You know, you you had you, it's as fresh in your memory as yesterday. Because it means so much to you, and when, it, when something means so much to you, it's very close in your head. It, it never leaves you, and that's that three nil at half time took me back twenty two years to the six two game, and uh, yeah, you're right, fantastic. Um, these are great memories. Yeah, Matt, and just just before we wrap up, um, you, you met Peter Grant for an interview for the next issue of Alternative View. How's he doing? Yeah. Aye, Peter's doing great. Uh, I think he's probably about 57, I think he is now. I mean, you can't think three years off 60 for Peter Grant. You know, he's uh, he's lively. He tells me he goes to a game every week. And um, I say, do you phone up and, you know, ask the, the if you've got to see Motherwell's Harps or whatever, did you phone up Motherwell and ask for a ticket? He says, no, he says, I just put my cap on, my mask on, and again, I sit in the crowd. So I just want to watch a game of football. And uh, he also doesn't want to ask the club in case, you know, the ticket will give him be probably in the director's box. You know, he's sitting there, maybe a team in the bottom half of the league. You know, their manager might be in a dodgy position and Peter Grant's sitting there in the director's box. You know, he doesn't want to put any manager under pressure, which is good. But uh, I've, I've known Peter um, since uh, 1983. When he scored his first goal for Celtic, I was uh, doing the photography behind the goals at the time and I captured his very first goal. And I got in touch with him and went up to his house and met him in 1983 and gave him the picture. He's an elderly boy, uh, that's where he's born and bred. And his first goal for Celtic was at uh, the old Broomfield against Airdrie. And uh, I've always kept in touch with him. You know, he's, he's been at Norwich and West Ham. He's telling me some great stories. You know, Delia Smith is it the, the, the woman that runs uh, Norwich yeah. she's uh, the cook Delia Smith uh, he's telling me some great stories there and some great stories about Pardew at West Ham and obviously Celtic and I've got I've got to tell you you know there's players that will come and go in Celtic and you know they'll say they love the club and you know most of them do but Peter Grant is just like you and I he just lives and breathes the club and, um, you know, the fact that he's been in there as a player, he told me the heartbreaking way he left the club, which was quite touching. And, um, you know, coming back with Tony Mowbray as assistant manager, his experiences there, in, then out again. And, uh, you know, I know the politics when you're working in the club, I've been in there, and the politics can be very difficult. And uh, Peter still 
like all of us, retains a great love for Celtic. Um, he's an absolute diehard. I've got, I've got to say, an absolute, really nice guy. Very special guy. Uh, he's doing a question and answer at, say, Gracie's on April the 1st uh, with Frank McAvenny. I uh, don't know if a lot of people know that, but that's on a Friday night. Um, and uh, I can imagine the crack between those two. I mean, you know Maca well, <laughs> like I do. And, uh, you know, if, if Mac is ever serious about anything, it's for about five minutes out of that entire day. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe not even five minutes. <laughs> I look forward to reading the interview. I see Young Declan was with you as well. He's uh, I met him last night coming out of the ground as well. Aye, uh, yeah, Declan uh, is in his final year at uh, Strathclyde doing journalism and politics. And uh, a couple of years ago, we had a chat about you know he was talking about he expressing interest in doing the interviews. And I had to think about it, and I thought, well, I've probably done about 150, maybe more than that, interviews with you know. Players, ex-players, people from the pop world, um, actors, uh, politicians, you know, did the president of Albania, the first time I've interviewed a president. So, you know, I've, I've, I've had my fill of interviews and I could carry on doing them. But, you know, Declan expressed an interest and, you know, I think it's a great opportunity for him um, because, you know, I said to him, you know, when, when you do your, your final year at uni, you know, on your resume will be all these interviews that you've done. You know, he's 22 years of age. Um, he's interviewed David Heyman, you know, um, the, the Scottish actor. He's been in over 60-odd films. Um, he's interviewed Paddy Crerand, Lisbon Lion John Fallon, Celtic captain Jackie McNamara, um, uh, Lenny Murdoch out of River City, Frank Gallagher, and now Peter Grant. And, you know, for a, a, you know, a lad at uh, Declan's age, uh, I think it's a great opportunity. And he, he's taken it with both hands. He is very, very calm in front of all these guys. You know, sometimes, you know, in my early days, I used to get a wee bit nervous about interviewing people. You know, and I've, I've been doing this for 32 years now. Um, but Declan uh, takes all in his stride. He's very good. And I always say to him, the great thing about an interview is to get the right answer. And the only way you get the right answer is if you ask the right question. Don't ask run-of-the-mill questions. Ask about the person. Ask about how they feel. Ask about their emotions, what Celtic means to them. And ask other things along those lines. It's not about what was your favourite this, your favourite that. You know, is your chicken your favourite dinner? You know, what was your favourite goal? You know, all those things get bland answers. Um, you know, and when he spoke to Peter, you could see Peter Grant's love and his emotion and his real feeling coming through uh, for Celtic. Yeah, he's a sponge, Declan, as well. I remember he came to all the early Celtic AMs, and I don't think he, I think he was still in school at the time. And you could see he was really interested. He'd sit up the front and he'd listen, and he'd probably pick up a few tips or a few bad habits. Um, that from myself or whoever I was interviewing and he, he wrote a little bit for us as well and you'd know he was starting on his writing journey then and, and to see him now doing interviews and that you can see the progression he's made and I think he's doing one of the days on the Celtic State of Mind as well so that'll be good experience for him as well Yeah, you know everything for a lad that's not come out of university yet as you say doing podcasts, doing interviews, writing in your magazine, writing the Alternative View, and he does various other things as well. You know, to have that on your CV, you know, before you've left uni, uh, and to be very accomplished as you do it, I mean, you'd think that most media people would snap somebody like him up. He's got a head start on, yeah. you know, everybody else. You know, he's, he's got contacts and... Well, he doesn't. He doesn't have the contacts. So I've got the contacts, and, and he sort of does the interviews. But he's building up contacts himself. Yeah. And um, you know, um, he's he's got a head start in his job. I, I think media wise, some somebody that's uh, beneficial and, and could be doing with somebody who's really keen and focused on their job. You wouldn't look beyond him. Yeah. Well, hopefully, when he comes out of uni, he gets he gets the break he, he needs. Because um, there is a, there is some good young talent out there in the in the in the fan media scene. Anthony Joseph came through our fans in when he was a student. 
He went on to write for the newspapers. He's won awards. He started with local newspaper in Aberdeen, moved to the tabloids, and then he's with Sky Sports now. So, yeah, there's a, there's a great path. The path that wasn't there for us, man. <laughs> no, well, you know, for you and I, there, there was no path. Um, there was no university, but I don't. <laughs> no, no, not for me, there wasn't any. I can't be a guy in school. I think half my teachers were opening the doors and they went out for me. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, no, there was no path then. It's different days now. Yeah, and, sure, uh, sure is. You know, in those days, you know, the, the alternative view and the inspiration for me writing in magazines was actually watching how Not The View was um, done. You know, Not The View came out in the early 80s, um, which is a great magazine. And uh, that's what captured my imagination. I probably wouldn't have got involved in anything if I hadn't been involved in, you know, being interested in, in writing about things. And, the, you know, the fanzine market was started by Not The View. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and um, you know, I always thought, you know, I wonder if I could do that, you know, and I actually used to stand and sell it on, you know, in the street corner up at uh, the Gallagate and up near the old forge, used to, used to sell it from there. Um, and then about 19, 1990, I tried my hand at it myself, right, and, but, you know, the, the, these were inspirations. You, The guys, not the viewers, a trailblazer. Um, good inspiration. And, you know, that's where I picked up from. Declan's picking it up from whatever. And that, that's great. But back to those days, it was cut and paste in the kitchen, cutting out pictures uh, in the paper and uh, typing on a typewriter or a word processor. And chopping up the text and sticking man, it down. Man, I was a typewriter back then because I remember when more processors came out. Aye. Um, Aye. Yeah, but like, it's, it's funny who cut the teeth and fanzines because I had Bobby Bluebell on the Salix Old podcast last, fr- not Friday, Friday week. Yeah, he, he did a music one. I watched that, that was very good. I know Bobby. Brilliant, but he, he, he started off with a fanzine as well. That's how he got into the rock and roll world. So Aye. Like, Aye. It's, it's a great way to get into. Um, Mm-hmm. Like he, like for me, I started off writing in, in music fanzines. I started with music fanzines because I couldn't play an instrument, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to be part of the scene, you know. And that was really mm-hmm. that's that was really it. And that was one way in was fanzines. And yeah, I, I, I watched I watched the interview that he did with Bobby. It's very good. He's a good and, guy. Uh, Bobby's a lovely guy. I've known him a long, long time, and uh, you know his bandmate um, Ken McCluskey was obviously a roommate in Kiev in 1986. Um, but, you know, we'll go back into all that story again. We were taking hostage, then I was allowed to go, then I reintroduced myself back into a hostage situation. First time Eddie's ever done that. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Just so that he could get out of the car. Um, no, but Bobby, yeah, I read that, and I knew he had been involved, but when he explained it a bit more um, on your podcast, um, you know, he's a lovely guy, Bobby, a very talented writer, very talented writer, and a very easy-going, laid-back guy. Yeah. He doesn't have, he doesn't display the star quality, you know, I'm this, I'm that. He doesn't do any of that. I think you know, that's Glasgow, You know, he's just, well, Glasgow keeps you grounded. Yeah, it you certainly know, does, yeah. yeah. You're not going to walk about here, big kid. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, listen, Matt, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a, it's been great to chat again because it's been a while since you've been on, and we used to be on quite regularly. But hopefully, we get you on a bit more now because we're a bit more settled now. It was kind of a bit mad when the lockdown finished. We got back to real walk, and we hadn't we hadn't much time for the Celtic stuff, and. So now it's settling out now. We kind of know what the week is, what walk we have in, and then what time we have for Celtic. So, um, and plus there's no midweek games now. So, we've yeah, you know, more time. Uh, like, you, know? you know, I'm pleased that Celtic are going to have a bit more time to prepare now. I think all of us, you know, are aware of the benefits of that. Um, but uh, great, great things to look forward to from here on in. And, uh, you know, when Ange came in the door, we were wondering who this guy was. And my goodness, we don't have to know who he is now. And uh, he's got us all very focused, all very excited, as you said earlier on, about, you know, days going by when we couldn't fill the stadium. Now the stadium for Ross County is selling out two weeks before the game. 
you know, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And it just shows you the fever pitch excitement that is amongst the Celtic fans at the minute. And uh, as I say, we have nothing to fear from anybody. And, you know, we should look forward to what's coming ahead and we should enjoy it as well. Yeah, it's 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 so enjoyable. I, I, know, I, I know when the games get, just you know, I know when games get a bit edgy and time's moving on and you know teams are playing with a packed defence, that doesn't seem like we're enjoying it. I said a second ago about enjoying it. And although that doesn't seem like enjoyment, <laughs> but as you've seen, you know, some of the last minute victories we've had, you know, the explosion of relief. Where else would you hug a complete stranger <laughs> and hold them tight? <laughs> like the one that's, there's so many stick out um, but the one that really sticks out is Ross County away uh, Tony Ralston and, and and John Paul Taylor in the corner <laughs> you know willing, willing, the, willing the ball over I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, I don't I remember we were lambasted for that pitch invasion which was all good natures and there's been several pitch invasions since and they've all been put down as good natured. And there was one a couple of weeks ago up at Ross County, uh, up at their end. They're all mostly kids that were all jumping on the park. But, uh, you know, we were lambasted for having a pitch invasion, how terrible it was. When it was just good natured, done through sheer excitement. And uh, is it not better to sort of spill out the crowd if it's jam-packed than to sort of be in it, yeah. you know, as far as, you know, as a safety um, aspect of it? It's uh, Tony Ralston. There's a guy worth worth a mention. And I'm really saddened to see that he wasn't in the Scotland squad. It was announced today for the upcoming internationals. Nah, I haven't seen him, Matt. I haven't seen the team. Uh, you know, um, you know, Matt O'Reilly's obviously in the under-21 squad for Denmark. I saw that, is, all right. I've seen that popping which, up which on social great. media. You know, that probably wouldn't have happened if he was still at MK Dons, but he's now got the platform. And I remember Matt saying when he came here that he came because he liked the style of play and there was money, maybe better money on offer down south. But the fact that, you know, he liked the manager's psych and of how he wanted to play the game. So, you know, he's come up here and that's worked out well for him and the boys worked hard and now he's got his reward, which is great. I feel Tony Ralston, the most improved player at Celtic this year, without a shadow of doubt. Because he was much maligned, we, we all did it. I did it myself. I just thought this guy's not Celtic class, but what a player he's turned into! And uh, you can see a lot of that is down to sheer hard work, endeavour, fight, attitude, the will to win, and the will to be in that team. And even now, when he speaks, you know, he says he's just happy to be part of the squad, and he understands if he's not playing every week. What an asset to have! No, no, no big time Charlie attitude. No Johnny Big Bollocks. No, <laughs> you know, you know teams like Manchester United, they're full of them, aren't they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So they're full of them, where we have the opposite side. We have guys who are enjoying it and want to be there. Joe Hart has done it all at top level, international play for England, played in England, played in, in Rome, played in the Serie A. He's up here and he says, I'm just happy to be part of this squad. Now, see, when you hear these things, it tells you there's a family unity in there. It tells you that, see, if you get dropped and you're not playing, it's not that you're dropped, it's just that we're changing the team around a bit. We are very much part of the squad. Because any good football manager will tell you, it's not a team team that wins a championship, it's a squad. It's a squad effort. And if you play your part in that squad, no matter how big or how small, that's what's important. And Celtic have got that squad happy mentality which for me is why it works and it's for me why it doesn't work at other clubs when some players are just so interested in the look themselves, how much they earn and you know all that kind of thing. And you can see it down South England, particularly at Man U. People ask, why can no manager get anything out of these players? You know, as far as you know, they're winning games and losing games, but consistent success for the the type of player they've got and the you know the standard, their quality and what they've been paid, they're not getting anything like it. And I think when people wonder why we're doing it is because we have a unity. And I think that's very important in football. That was Jock Steen's mantra. That was Sir Alec Ferguson's mantra. And uh, Ange has got that uh, attitude as well. 
Well, the old saying goes, in Ange we trust, and we've certainly trusted him so far. Um, he's been a breath of fresh air, and I suppose we've been blowing smoke up his ass <laughs> on a number of these talks with the terraces, Matt, but it's only because he's 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 brought that confidence back that, you know, we have a swagger about us as fans, you know, mm-hmm. whereas last year we didn't. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's nothing but positive and hopefully we can keep it going mm-hmm. because there's only so many games left and each one is is massive. It's gonna be and it's gonna be like like it's gonna be it's going to be great, man. It's, uh, you know. Yeah, you yeah. Know. No, it's, uh, there's so much to look forward to. So, seeing earlier, I just love looking forward to the games now, and uh, you know the anticipation. If you've got anticipation in life and excitement about something that's going to happen, you, your head is absolutely full. You're absolutely buzzing. Yeah. It's like the birth of your children. You know, one day you don't have a child. A couple of hours later, you do. Something you've been you're looking forward to. You're excited. You've finally, you know, had a child or, you know, whatever it is in life. That's just one example. But, uh, you know, the excitement of looking forward to something, that's what we've got right now. And uh, you, you can't buy that. You can't bottle it. You either have it through a club being run properly and uh, by a manager who leads properly. Uh, and then the fans are, are falling on properly. Matt, your, your love for the club is just coming out there and uh, I'm buzzing <laughs> listening to you. So <laughs> I think we'll just leave it at that, Matt, because uh, we probably I probably took too much of your time. I probably ran over um, because we haven't chatted for mm. ages. But listen, talk talk to me soon. Get back on. I'll get you back on for another chat because uh, I think there's 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 a few more twists and turns, as Tommy Bones would say in in this um, in this season. Yeah. Well, the late great Tommy Burns, you know, in the. 1988 Cup Final, he was being interviewed, he, he said, looked up to the Celtic end and he said, just look up there, he's talking to Jim White, look up there Jim, look at all those people there, they're there, and they're always there. Now that's generations ago, the 80s, and here we are today, doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I'm going to leave that final word to you then, Matt, and Tommy Bones. Matt, thanks very much, folks. Thanks very much for listening. And if you've been watching on the YouTube channel, thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe, support the alternative views, support more than 90 minutes. And most importantly, keep supporting Celtic. Hail, hail. Great. See you, Andrew. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.